spiritual warfare. I'm going to give you my take on it. And I really think that you will walk away with an applicable response to real life issues. My name is Mike Stibbs, and this is Detox Babylon. Thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you for all of those out there that are investing their time, investing their resources into the kingdom of God. Father, could you shed some light on this very controversial and wide-ranging thing that we call spiritual warfare? In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. Amen. So I thank you very much for tuning in to the Detox Babylon podcast. It truly is an honor to be with you here on Fridays. And I'm really excited about this topic today. And it's going to be the spiritual warfare thing. We're going to make a series out of it. It's at least going to be a three-parter. Um, I actually may go uh, beyond that, but we will see as um, everything unfolds. But I really want to stick to this topic as I believe that we hear this terminology, spiritual warfare. And so I come from this mindset, you know, when we hear terminology, when we hear a phrase, there is all kinds of connotation that's attached to certain terminology. So for example, if I say Catholic, boom, I say Catholic and right away your brain and your mind, it goes and it starts to categorize everything that you think you know of Catholicism, right? And then you'll, you'll actually put it in a box of either good or bad, whether, oh, I'm going to turn my mind off to this. If I hear a Catholic, I'm not going to listen to anything they say. So I think the same applies. Well, it applies to everything. But when we say this, when we say spiritual warfare, what is coming to your mind? Like what connotation is attached to that? And so Using this terminology, spiritual warfare, I want to break down for you my take on it. This is not the end-all be-all. I am not going to set anybody straight out there. I am simply going to share with you revelation that I've had from the Lord and experiences that I've had from the Lord and experience, real life experiences where I was able to kind of piece together some, uh, well, a lot of verses. I'm only going to give you a couple today, but I've, I've seemed to piece together this idea of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh and then how that relates to this spiritual warfare thing that we always are hearing about. And really that terminology isn't really used in the Bible. We see it in a couple of headers, but um, it really does come from, you know, our 
you know, the weapons of our warfare um, are not carnal, but they are mighty in God, referencing 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and which we will get into today. So before I get into the meat of this topic, um, a couple of things I just want to set as a foundation for you. And this is not, again, not the end-all be-all, but I believe that there are three types of spiritual warfare that we can focus on, okay? And that we can actually, if we learn how to deal with these three types, we can actually see a lot of fruit in our life. And it's a lot easier than you think, but then at the same time, it's still not the easiest thing in the world because of the fact that we really need, the first thing that we need to do is grow in our relationship with God. So here we go. The first type of spiritual warfare is spiritual warfare that takes place on a personal level, okay? That's between you and your mind and your world in your head, okay? The second type of spiritual warfare is your the spiritual warfare within your sphere um not only in your sphere of influence but just your your realm the people that are around you and then the third type is spiritual warfare like on a on a municipal type of um uh battlefield which i will save that for the that will obviously be the last one of this series but i will go into that and exactly how using the first type of spiritual warfare and the second type of spiritual warfare will lead you into a place where you can actually affect your whole entire community um, in spiritual warfare. So I really want to get into it. And this is my favorite because I deal um, with a lot of people that can't get out of their own way. And what do I mean by that? I just mean, you know, if 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 we are born again Christians and we walk in the spirit and we have a true relationship with God. And that's what it comes down to, right? We the the things that don't get us into heaven are um, a name tag of Christianity or our church attendance. The only thing that makes a way, makes a portal into the heavenly realm, eternal realm, when we die to be with our Lord and Savior for eternity is the fact that we have a relationship with Jesus and that we spend time with him. No relationship is ever going to go anywhere um, in the natural if you don't spend time with that person, if you don't connect with that person, whether it be your wife, your neighbor, a friend, a, um, a brother or sister, um, a pastor, or if you are a pastor, people that you're ministering to, if you're not investing in that relationship, it won't go anywhere and it will just, it'll either be stagnant or it'll die on the vine. And so my whole thing, the first foundation is our relationship with Jesus, um, with Holy Spirit. 
And with God the Father, of course, they are all one with different functions, and I'm not going to get into that. I think we all can agree on those three Godheads uh, working together as one. But um, I believe that in the spirit realm, and again, we're talking about personal spiritual warfare, I believe that in the spirit realm, there is uh, an actual battle between your belief system and the demonic realm, of the demonic realm wanting to dismantle your belief system through experience, right? So, for example... You know, oh, I've been praying for this. I've been praying for that. And it's not coming to pass, right? So with that, not with whatever's happening, not coming to pass, they're trying to dismantle your belief and your faith in God. So as I'm talking here, I really do think I want to stretch this, this teaching out over, you know, a long period of time. And really my, my heart would be is to open up a discussion with you and have you share testimony. And by the end of this is to maybe even bring in some of those testimonies to give a clearer picture. So it's just not my testimonies and my stories. So if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please leave a comment, any testimonies you have. You can also reach me, um, reach out to me um, on Instagram at Detox Babylon. That's the the place where I prefer that you reach out to me personally if you don't want to leave a comment. Um, or you can email me at mikestibs at gmail.com. Uh, both that and Instagram are completely private if you wanted to stay private and share something with me. Otherwise, please just leave a comment there and we can figure this thing out together. So where I'm going to start today. As I'm going to start in kind of an unconventional place, um, we're going to start in Galatians 5.22. And so what we're going to do is uh, Galatians 5.22 is the fruit of the Spirit. It's where it's listed. So I'll just read that for you real quick, and then we're, I'm going to offer some commentary, and then I'm going to tie this verse into the 2 Corinthians uh, um, verse that I had mentioned earlier. So Galatians 5, 22, but the fruit of the spirit, right? So hold up, spiritual warfare, okay? It holds a lot of connotation. So let's break that connotation down. But spiritual, the fruit of the spirit, so there's a connection there already. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, I'm not, for the, for the sake of this video, I'm not going to read any more of that Galatians. But he goes on, in the preceding verses, he's talking about pretty much the fruit of the flesh. And when we're in the flesh, there is a law, there is a consequence to us living a carnal life, whether you're saved or you're not. If you live a carnal, a carnally centered life, you're going to have, you are going to have consequence 
and you are going to suffer consequence, okay? Um, if you're always paying attention to the flesh and you're you're being led by the lust of the flesh and the, the pride of life and what your eye sees, there is a, a worldly consequence against that. Now, some people can live very prosperous lives uh, by being led by their flesh, but we know as Christians our life is found in Christ. We are not living, we are not living from the natural into the spiritual. We're living from the spiritual into the natural. So the spiritual realm is, is really where our home is at. It's really where we are citizens of first before we're citizens of the world. We were born again into God's kingdom, and now we live from his kingdom. And then our faith, the way that we believe, the way that we see things is now we are affecting the natural realm based on what we believe. So we're going to make some real world examples here. So the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. So when you're, when you are within these, these fruit of the spirit, some people will say it's fruits of the spirit or fruit of the spirit. Like it's not plural. It's just one. Like if I have a apple and I'm describing that apple, right? So um, I just want to make this clarification though, and this is my opinion. I probably could prove it if I researched it enough, but I really don't care that much. But we do see here that in this verse, spirit is capitalized, meaning it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I am of the belief that because of the preceding verses on this, um, um, detailing the fruit of the flesh and the carnal the way people live carnally, that this is in contrast to the flesh. So this is, in my opinion, this is the fruit of a born-again Christian. It's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's okay if you disagree with me on that one. I'm just saying based on what I believe is, as, as I said, the preceding verses are talking about the flesh, and this is talking about the Spirit. And so we do see we if we walk in in, in our spirit that's connected to Holy Spirit. So it's kind of one and the same, but just making that clarification because this is the fruit that should be coming from our lives as a born-again Christian to, to make that a little bit more digestible. So um, against such, there is no law. So when we are acting um, in love, in joy, and in peace, in long-suffering patience, right? kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it's really difficult for our enemy and our enemies to get a foothold in our spirit to, let's say, guide us into making a terrible decision for our life, right? So if we look at the first fruit listed here, love, right? If you are really walking in love, you're walking in the spirit, um, you're not going to make a, a bad decisions um, for your life. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but as we just we just seen here, and it's no surprise, folks, but we saw Mr. Carl Lentz of Hillsong get caught in adultery. 
Um, I do, I am praying for him because I, I would rather see him be restored than to like glory in someone's, um, you know, backslidden state. But obviously this man was not walking in love because he was able to make this really horrific um, decision, you know, and we don't know his life. We don't know what he's going through. Um, not that it matters. The dude was wrong, but I still think we, we pray for him. But, um, you see the enemy got a foothold in him because he was outside of the spirit and he was being led by the flesh. So even with joy, joy is the same thing, man. If you're, if you're walking around and you're unthankful and you just, you're just having, and I'm not saying that you have to be happy all the time like a robot, but there is a power in joy that when we operate in joy and when we're, and when we are joyful, it speaks, it speaks so loud to the, to the demonic realm that wants to touch us and poke us into making really bad decisions. Okay. And I'm, we're going to, we're going to get more into that. So moving on with peace, right? Same with peace, long suffering, being patient. You need to be patient with your, yourself. Okay. And we will, we will actually go back. We will go back to this when we talk about spiritual warfare number two, but we need to first be patient with ourselves is if something if something is going on and if we are frustrated or we're emotional over something, it is vital for us to allow our emotional state to go through the process that it's going through, okay? We need to process our emotions. And so that means that if you are if you are dealing with anxiety concerning an issue, is wait before you make a crazy decision. Wait before you freak out. You know what I'm saying? Like give it to God, process yourself emotionally, and then once you're done processing, is to be able to then walk in wisdom and walk in the spirit because um, the Holy Spirit and your born again spirit working together will never lead you into being like, like hastily making decisions and making wrong decisions that could really have a long-term consequence. Um, I know for a fact that God is not the author of confusion, but he has given us, um, you know, power, love, and a sound mind. I love coffee. Okay, so we definitely need to be patient with ourselves, even in the process. You know, kindness, goodness, obviously, um, speaks for itself there, kindness and goodness. Um, you need to treat people around you kind, kindly. And I'll tell you why that this really is attached to spiritual warfare. Um, and it, it's all tied in. But if I, if I'm coming across in my personal walk as being a very coarse individual, okay, what's happening is, is you're kind of creating let's say, quote unquote, you're like creating your own demon, okay? That you are, you might be unknowingly offending people around you, 
And it may, it may just be because you're busy, whatever that case is. You need to walk in kindness and really have an ear to hear the people that are around you and not create these little these little rifts in the spirit realm in your relationships that if you're kind and you steer over your relationships is you will really bypass so much grief um, and so much opportunity for people to be offended. So goodness and faithfulness. Faithfulness is another one. When you're faithful to God in your relationship with him, that speaks that speaks out and it really sends a message into the demonic realm that that this person can't be touched as much you can't they can't be forcing you not forcing you but they can't be coercing you into making really bad decisions again um gentleness goes back with kindness be gentle with people around you and then obviously self control which will allow you to really um exercise all of these all of these fruits. So as I said, when you are really walking in the spirit, you're walking with God, it really, it on a personal level, you will see that the spiritual warfare, the nonsense, the spiritual chaos that's happening around you with anxiety or depression or even the enemy, I won't say even, I really want to highlight this part. The enemy hates it when you have godly relationships with friends, neighbors, a spouse. So the enemy is constantly trying to lie to you. There's just chatter in your ear about the person. And so I want you as a challenge, and I challenge myself on this too, the next time the enemy is lying to you about a person, right? The Holy Spirit is never going to come to you and gossip in your ear and tell you negative things about somebody. Okay. He'll never do that. Now he may tell you negative things about somebody, but accompanied with the negativity is going to be love to cover that negativity and to help that person. So if something negative is being shown to you, if it's not accompanied with love and compassion, I promise you it's the enemy. So the next time that you're going through something in a relationship or a potential relationship and the enemy starts to chatter, I challenge you to stop in your footsteps and really ask God, why is the enemy um, conf- um, why is the enemy coming against this relationship so much? What is beyond this spiritual warfare? And what do you have for this relationship, Lord God? And what fruit of the Spirit can I apply to this relationship or to this issue to overcome it? Because I do know that everybody gets lied to by the enemy about friends, family, spouse, again, potential maybe even business relationships and so on. So it's really... 
coming to this place of maturity where if you're getting chattered in the ear and you're getting lied to is to stop and say, Father God, in Jesus name, I just, I love this person and I don't know why the enemy is lying. And yes, God, I, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you, I'm struggling with these thoughts and I want to make sure that I don't make stupid decisions that don't, that don't represent you well. Father, I want to represent you well. I want to represent your kingdom. So what can I do? What needs to be done? And so a lot of times what does need to be done is we hear, we do know that it says that do not be overcome with evil. So don't be overcome with the evil and the lies that are coming towards you, but overcome evil with good. So do something to bless this individual. And when we do that, when we bless instead of curse, again, it's sending a ripple effect into the demonic realm, okay? So just a side note, we do know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Another way to translate that is he is the Czar of Shalom. And Shalom really is, it's a state of peace, in the spirit realm. So Jesus, he really came to give perfect shalom in the spirit realm, but it has to be exercised. It's a verb. Now, shalom isn't a verb, but the word that the derivative or the original word for shalom that shalom came from is a verb. So it's an action. Our peace is a hostile act of spiritual warfare. So when we bless somebody rather than cursing them, the spirit realm gets from the demonic point of view, gets extremely confused because they're like, man, why is this person different? Well, because we have Jesus. And when we have Jesus, we have this shalom that destroys, shalom basically destroys the spiritual chaos of all that chaos that's happening around us of demons of lying to us and different different demons of different origins and different names. They, they just lie to us constantly. But when we have shalom and we have that authority of Jesus and we're walking in those fruits of the Spirit, it shuts them up because we're actually walking according to what Jesus would have done because Holy Spirit's inside of us. Holy Spirit was the Spirit of Jesus, is the Spirit of Jesus. And it, it, it doesn't have an answer to that, right? Again, right? Against such, there is no law. There's no, there's no, conse- there's no earthly consequence for blessing somebody when the rest of the world would curse them. So it really does, it sends out this huge ripple effect into the spirit realm. And that's how we start to really overcome um, the spiritual chaos. So I, so what's going to happen right here is I'm going 
to leave this where we're at right now and say bye to YouTube. And then for the Daily Renegade members, I'm going to go into 2 Corinthians 10. So what I really want to encourage you guys out there that are watching this on YouTube is maybe even pray about it, but get yourself a Daily Renegade membership. Go to dailyrenegade.com, sign up for a membership. It's 10 bucks a month or $100 a year. You won't be disappointed. Um, all of us at Daily Renegade are really starting to up our game and we want to give you content that you can't get anywhere else. And the truth be told is YouTube really is starting a campaign against Christianity. So, um, Mr. Josh Peck, very good friend of mine has started this Daily Renegade platform. So go check it out. Consider it, pray about it. Um, I really think it's a great way to give it as a gift for Christmas to somebody, hundred bucks a year, boom, you get all of this like crazy cool content. Gary Wayne is probably one of the smartest dudes out there um, in fringe Christianity. Brian Melvin has a brain like I've never seen before. He just connects dots that I would never have connected. You got Josh Peck, who enough said with Josh Peck, he is just a soldier plowing down people's belief systems and raising them up um, in a different age of truth, of true of true Christianity um, in this day and age. And Josh, um, if you're watching this, not that you would be, but I just really speak life into your ministry. I speak life over Daily Renegade. So I'm going to say goodbye to YouTube. Love you guys and members. Stay tuned. We're not done yet. So we're going to go into 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, and we're just going to talk about um, this header called the spiritual war, and I'm going to tie it in to the fruit of the spirit here a little bit. So starting um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, um, starting at verse 1. Now for you guys out there, just I always like to clarify, I am a new King James virgin, virgin, new King James version nut. Every time I read other translations of the Bible, like I feel like I'm cheating on the word of God. And I only say that that's only my personal conviction. I love to compare other translations, but when it comes to like my personal time and, and just, and I'm not, and I'm not like dissecting stuff. It's always new King James with me. Everything else feels foreign. That's just me, but I want to let you guys know where I'm at with that. So, um, <clears throat> I always wonder when I go to a church, I wonder like, Hey, what translation is that? Cause I'll see them. I'll see them start to quote stuff. I'm like that. That's something's, you know, that's not what I'm reading. It's different. It sounds different. Not that it's wrong. It's just different. And I'm just so anyway, now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who is <clears throat> in presence and lonely among you, but being absent and bold toward you. So already we see that he's mentioned a couple of the fruits of the spirit in the beginning of this meekness and gentleness. Now meekness isn't in this translation of the Bible, but there are translations that add meekness into those uh, fruits of the spirit. Just so you know, um, I have come across that in my research. Um, okay. <clears throat> but I beg, I bet, sorry. 
But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So this is a treasure trove of of spiritual warfare tactics, quote unquote, but I'm going to stick with the personal, but we're going to use this verse in every single um, episode of this spiritual warfare um, series. So what I want to focus on right here um, and really nothing else is Number one, this is where we get the terminology spiritual warfare. So obviously the context is that Paul was constantly battling Gnosticism. He was constantly battling false prophets, false brethren, people that would come into a church that he had set up and they had some new revelation of Christ and it didn't match up to what he was preaching. And so from his standpoint, it was really coming from of how to, um, um, operate in apologetics. And so that's, I will, I will get a lot further into that in the next part here. Um, when we're talking about spiritual warfare in our sphere of influence with apologetics, because that's extremely important. And I'm, I'm excited to get into that, but for, for the, the context of this, I really want to talk about strongholds because strongholds are, not necessarily um, a an area that's demon charged. You know what I'm saying? A stronghold is is a way that we have learned to think over time, mixed with experience. And so a stronghold sometimes needs to be taken down brick by brick. Like we literally need to dismantle it, and we need to take it down. And we need to break it down and it takes, it can take some work to change the way that we think about a certain circumstance. So I know, and I did, um, I did a podcast out there, um, on my YouTube page, Mike Stibbs about talking about single people and different thought processes they have that keep them from meeting their true love. And so a lot of people out there, myself included, and I, I promise you, I am the chief when it comes to this as we've been hurt by other people. And so what happens is when we've been hurt by other people, we begin to actually build up a stronghold. Um, and what will happen is, is that stronghold and that thought pattern that's not healthy, that's not coming from God, will then, in my belief system that the enemy will go and hide in that stronghold. So it doesn't have to be demonically charged, but the demons I believe will come in and like really exploit that stronghold that we have. And so I hear it all the time. Like people will say, 
oh, well, I've been hurt in the past, and so that's why I'm very weary on going forward in this relationship. I'm I'm with you. I, I get it. I understand. I'm the same way. But the whole idea is, is we have to understand that we need to take that stronghold down because for very for a lot of different reasons is first is we need to forgive the people around us that have hurt us all right and we need to forgive them and let them go because the truth of the matter is is it's not hurting them it's hurting you it's hurting me so we're unable to actually move on with our life and flourish um, in our own personal lives and and really thrive. And then more importantly, is to really thrive in the kingdom of God and manifest his will in your sphere of influence, which what we'll get to is if we can get this, if we can get this spiritual warfare on our personal level under control, when we go out there in our sphere of influence, like you're going to see fruit that you never thought that you can see. And I'll share, um, I'll share several stories. So if you have, if you've been hurt by a person and it seems like it's happening again, it seems like you're, you're, You've been hurt by this pastor, like for using it as, as an example, you've been hurt by a pastor. Now you're going to a new church and it seems like the enemy will put you in this like cycle thing where it will seem like that's happening again. And so that stronghold and the way you think, it's almost like a pro a computer program. That program will start to play out and the exact same thing will happen again. You'll make it happen. And the the pastor will make it happen too because it's the enemy that is connecting that relationship and trying to make that happen again but through the fruit of the spirit we can overcome that and we can start to take down that stronghold and then we can become free from that stronghold now if you have questions on this um Please feel free once again is uh, leave a comment if you're well, you're not watching this on YouTube at this point, leave a comment through the daily renegade forum or email me at mikestibs at gmail.com or reach out to me through Instagram at detox Babylon and give me examples and I could speak into those examples a little bit better. Um, if you do want more clarification on that and, um, I will answer you. It may take me a few days to get to it, but I promise you, um, no stone will be unturned, um, when you need clarification on something. So, uh, bringing down those strongholds of past hurt will lead you into a future that looks very, very much different because if we, if we, the truth be told, most of us, all of us have been hurt. All of us have been hurt by somebody at one point or another. And if we can get past that hurt and live like we were never hurt, if we can get past that hurt and live like we were never hurt, and we can walk in the spirit and we can walk in love, walk in peace, walk in joy, be gentle and kind and display moral goodness and be faithful to our God, our Father, 
that we could receive from Holy Spirit and take that word, those words that he gives us and actually apply it to our personal life and be disciplined and be a disciple, it really is this awesome life that a Christian can live. And I promise you, like if you're struggling with any of that stuff, I promise you there's nothing that this world can give us that will satisfy us the way that Jesus can. And I've been through it all. So it's really, really been fun uh, to, to be speaking about this subject Again, if I am all over the place and you need clarification, um, feel free to reach out mikestibs at gmail.com or Instagram is at detoxbabylon. Um, so I'm going to leave it right here for today. Um, so based on what we're talking about now, I am actually going to go in to more areas of personal spiritual warfare before we move on. So stay tuned. I will have another episode for you guys next week. Go forth and bear some fruit.